Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. All right, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Shike. So thanks for joining us on this podcast of Eagles on the Hill. You can search for us on YouTube and hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner or follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And as we follow Jesus together, we want to draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. Today, I want to do something that I don't know that I've done before on the podcast, and yet it was my intention to do it as part of what makes up this podcast. And that is namely share with you some books I've been reading, a person I've met through those books that I think is really interesting and would commend to you as a way of just encouraging you, as a way of challenging you. This person's name is Yonmi Park, uh, Y-E-O-N-M-I, and her last name is Park, as are many uh, Korean last names. Yonmi Park grew up in North Korea. She has an older sister, a couple years older than her, and a mom and dad. And she grew up in North Korea and wound up escaping North Korea, leaving North Korea, making it over to China across the river, and uh, not to find freedom, but to get a bowl of rice. That was why she risked her life to get a bowl of rice. Would you risk your life just to get a bowl of rice? She risked her life to get a bowl of rice. That's how bad conditions are in North Korea. And so she is able to open a window to this uh, nation that is called the Hermit Kingdom for a reason. It is hidden. It is closed to us. And yet uh, Yeonmi gives us insight uh, from her years of living there as to what life is like in North Korea and some of the politics in North Korea, the culture in North Korea, just some uh, fascinating things. She is a fascinating story. At the age of 13, she and her older sister, mother, father, were all starving. Her older sister left one day and made it to North Korea, and they lost track of her for many, many years. And so her, uh, she and her mother then followed her older sister over to China to get this bowl of rice. When they uh, got to China, well, let me step back. Before they left for China, at the age of 13, she was diagnosed with appendicitis. And so she went into a North Korean hospital, had surgery. Uh, the anesthesia wore off during the surgery. It's just a horrific story. She wakes up, her belly's cut open. It's just, I can't even imagine the pain. She blacked out from the pain, wound up being in the hospital for a week. And in the end of all that, she did not even have appendicitis. Then, just after that, is when she and her mom left for China. They found a broker who would uh, make sure they got over to China. And of course, that broker was uh, not looking out for their best interest. The broker was making money off them. When they got to China, they were sold into slavery. I won't get into the details of that because there might be kids listening here, but it was a horrific time that she spent from the ages of about 13 to about 16 in China and um, as a slave there. And you can read about that or imagine some of the horrors that happened to her during that time and to her mother. Eventually, she met some Christians in China, and some Christians worked with her and her mother to uh, get her and some others out of China across the Gobi Desert into Mongolia. Uh, I can't even imagine that, that's just the harrowing experience of her life. She gets to Mongolia, 
winds up the people in Mongolia and enable her to get to South Korea. She gets to South Korea and is um, surprisingly to us maybe, but not to her, rejected by those in by the general population in South Korea because she's not South Korean. Uh, some there help her. Uh, she winds up going to school. Uh, whole law, whole story, involved story of how she winds up on television in South Korea there and um, is noticed by others around the world, winds up traveling to Europe to speak at conferences. And so imagine now this uh, 16, 17-year-old uh, girl, really young girl, but having the experiences of a lifetime, um, things that I certainly never want um, to experience or have my relatives experience, she's experienced. And she winds up speaking to a global conference, uh, then is able to come to the United States on a visa, winds up going to Columbia University. Just an amazing story how she learns English and is able then to go to Columbia and study in English in a foreign language, even as a teenager. It's just the, uh, the talent, the skill, the intelligence of this young woman is amazing. At Columbia, so her first book takes us up to the point when she uh, gets to the United States. I believe that's where the first book ends. The first book is called In Order to Live. I think it's been translated. Uh, I know it's been translated into uh, any number of languages. Just uh, an amazing account of her trip from and her life in North Korea all the way really to almost the end of her uh, teen years. At the end of her teen years, as I said, she's um, in uh, Columbia, and the next book picks up with that story of her time at Columbia University, her marriage, giving birth to a child, and all of that. And the next book is called um, uh, While Time Remains. So the first book is In Order to Live, and it's her story of how she uh, just kept herself alive for those first 20 years of her life. Now this book uh, is about her life as uh, a 20-something, While Time Remains. She uh, has met many, many world uh, figures, political figures, Hollywood figures, as she tries to advocate for uh, the United States and the people in the West to understand what's going on in North Korea, what's going on in China, how China is allowing the enslavement of hundreds of thousands of North Koreans who come across the border, who make it across the border, and the horrific life that China allows uh, for these people. Of course, well, maybe not of course, but surprising, not surprising, you'll have to be the judge of that. But as she goes, uh, speaks about the Chinese involvement of this, uh, in all this, her speaking falls on deaf ears amongst those who are politically connected in the United States and in the West. Her speaking falls on deaf ears among those billionaires that she gets to talk to. Um, they want to help. They want to help. And then suddenly when the topic turns from North Korea to China, silence. They no longer want to help because we are so intertwined with the Chinese. And our economy is so intertwined with the Chinese. And politically, we're so intertwined with the Chinese that people uh, back away from her. And so um, she details in her uh detailing about all these conferences she goes to, the speeches she makes, the time at Columbia, how uh, when she was at Columbia, I would say it was about 2015, 2016, 2017 kind of time frame. What she sees there is appalling to her. 
what she sees there reminds her so much of the way of thinking that she left in North Korea. Is it amazing to you to hear that? That the uh, type of thinking, the woke thinking, we'll call it, the cancel culture thinking that she encounters at Columbia reminds her so much of her life in North Korea. And she fears for her new adopted country of the United States. She fears for where we're headed. Not that life is comparable now to what she experienced there, but the thought process is comparable. The way of thinking of, uh, of the elites in the West, she finds to be so much like the thinking she left, fled in North Korea, fled, risk her life just to get a bowl of rice for. Now she comes to her country that she uh, she expresses just love and adoration for this country of the United States. She, she's just overwhelmed with how wonderful our nation is and scared to death for what she sees happening as she sees um, some of the cultural, uh, the leading cultural people at Columbia, the leading uh, economic people, the leading politicians adopting thinking ways of thinking, ways of looking at the world that she fled from in North Korea. It's a powerful read while time remains. It's also um, been translated into many languages. It's also available on audiobook and all the rest. So uh, you can uh, check that out if you'd like. Since she uh, has found herself being uh, not silenced, but has met with silence by people that she's tried to work with to inform them of the dangers for North Korean um, women, men leaving North Korea, going to China. She has then adopted another tactic to try to reach the masses with this. And uh, that tactic, let me see if I can, if you're on YouTube, I'll try to uh, share a screen with you here that um, will, uh, let's see here if I can get it up. She has now a, a YouTube site that she now uses to try to get the word out to the masses, to people like you and me. And uh, that website is uh, on YouTube. It's called, the, she calls it The Voice of North Korea by Yeonmi Park. And she has hundreds of videos there, powerful videos dealing with all sorts of things with regard to life in North Korea, a life in China, the uh, challenges that we face in the Western world. So I uh, encourage you to check out that uh, YouTube site that she has. Again, Voice of North Korea by Yeonmi Park. If you just go to YouTube and look up Yeonmi Park, search for Yeonmi Park, Y-E-O-N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, Yeonmi, Y-E-O-N-M-I, and then the last name Park. If you search for that, you'll find it easily on YouTube. Um, she's also experienced, as she shares in her book, While Time Remains, that even as she started this um, uh, YouTube site, and it was monetized, and she was able to make a living off of it, that certain videos would be demonetized by YouTube because of the China connection. And so again, that uh, creates a lot of anxiety and fear in her heart as she considers um, the freedoms that we enjoy in the West and how those freedoms are being limited by certain actors uh, by actors, I don't mean necessarily Hollywood actors, although yes, that's true too, but actors in terms of economic actors, po political actors, limit freedom. And uh, she sees that happening and says, wow, that reminds me of a place I left, a place I fled from. So just want to encourage you to get to know Yeonmi Park. 
Uh, I, it's been just uh, very informative, very enlightening for me to read her two books. So I commend them to you. Also commend her YouTube channel to you. I think it's uh, very informative and uh, you may not have heard of her. So there you go. That's it for today. I want to encourage you to email us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word, eaglesonthehill211. No spaces, dots, dashes, underscores. Email us with your comments, with your questions. What would you think of this podcast? You got ideas for other podcasts, things you've been reading that you'd uh, like me to take a look at? I want to encourage you, as we always do, to trust in the promise of the Lord in Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord will fly like eagles. And we want to encourage you to uh, trust in that promise of God. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today.